Welcome to the Elite Teams Podcast, a podcast intent on engaging you, the listener, with a mindset of overcoming, perseverance, and character development through testimony and real-life scenarios. It is the mission of Elite Teams to create a platform for warriors to rise and succeed in overcoming the obstacles in their lives. I'm your host and Executive Director of Elite Teams, Mike Brown, and I'm thrilled to have you here with us today. Even more than that, I love that I get the opportunity to take this journey with you. This is the Elite Teams Podcast. In today's episode, our first ever episode in this podcast, we are diving in and answering some questions. We're going back to our roots as a nonprofit, as an overseas missions endeavor. Uh, and we want to bring you up to speed exactly what Elite Teams is all about. What is our mission? What is the vision of Elite Teams? And how did this all begin? So let's start out with what is the mission of Elite Teams? Elite Teams is an extreme discipleship and mentorship program designed to impact at-risk individuals. Our mission is to provide a clear pathway to success by engaging the individual's physical, mental, spiritual, and social development and guiding them into a path to success through our extreme training processes. Elite Teams started in a little town in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with young men and women who were living a life destined for destruction by their own admission. They were at a stage of determining right and wrong and choosing a direction for their lives that would follow. For the majority, that was leading them to incarceration, bad decision-making, traveling the road that is mostly traveled and disregarding the road that is less traveled. Elite Team started in a little town in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now, if anybody has ever been to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, more specifically Washington Borough, Pennsylvania, you you notice some things. You smell the smells. If I do associate a color with that, it'd be brown. Um, and you you notice that there are cows, pastures, there are uh, farms everywhere, and that's where I had the incredible opportunity to grow up. And if anybody knows anything about farming. Uh, farmers, you know, they march to the beat of their own drum. You know, they're tasked with self-starting. They're tasked with uh, raising and growing crops. They're tasked with figuring out problems. And that's really what I had the privilege to grow up in. And I never really knew, you know, the story of my life and how that would play into uh, elite teams and, and where we are now. I guess I would say the beginning of Elite Teams and the process didn't really start out as that. It started out as an encounter with my nephew and one of his friends, got in trouble, uh, went down to the police station, got him out, and essentially told them, uh, you are going to be with me every morning at 3 a.m. before work. Worked in construction at the time. I said, you're going to be with me. We're going to train. And they showed up because they knew if if they didn't, I'd show up at their house with a bullhorn uh, at three o'clock and get them out of bed and get everybody else in the neighborhood out of bed. Now they started to come over at three a.m. groggy, you know, wiping the sleep away from their eyes. They're they're they don't know what to expect. And really, we started to engage in bodyweight exercises, log PT, uh, carrying bags of dirt. You know, running down the road, doing ruck marches, carrying my 280 pound body uh, through cornfields. It was just, it was a way to engage them. It was a way to take them off of their previous foundation and kind of knock them loose and knock them upside the head, if you will, and really start to engage them. We really started to see growth, you know, coming from 
the application of not only training physically, but what that training exemplified. And, you know, lifting logs and relying on your brother who's behind you, the strength of your brother and, and looking out for him and making sure you're pulling your own weight. And also, you know, lifting bags of dirt. Each bag of dirt is significant of the bad decisions that one might be making and how that really starts to amount to an incredible load that you're carrying through your whole life. And so really applying these tenets and applying these truths to what we were doing really drove it home. Not to mention, you know, swimming in cold water and going up hills on a on a crab walk backwards. So you're just pushing, your arms are burning, teaching them how to overcome, teaching them when adversity comes, that they don't bow out, that they don't worry about how much it hurts, that they use that as an opportunity to grow and to persevere. Our training methods are a little unorthodox, but they have opened so many doors to work with young people in Central South America, El Salvador, Honduras, and now here in Florida and in multiple other locations. I want to back up a little bit as we bring in the Central American piece. My wife and I, four kids, we decided uh, that we were going to sell everything, cars, house, furniture. We basically left with our clothes and decided to move down to El Salvador. And if anybody knows anything about El Salvador, they have an incredible gang presence and also a drug cartel presence down there. So engaging young people prior to this led to a passion and seeing the fruit of this, seeing the, the results come about, really started to provoke my mind into, okay, now what can we do to impact those at risk? And we got involved with the gangs down there. We got involved with uh, some somewhat 80 gang members and we started to train. We started to train leaders and saw a really incredible impact happen in El Salvador. Well, that led us over to Honduras where now we have multiple teams. We have a leadership chain of command. We are involved in the schools in Honduras. If you look up San Pedro Sula, Honduras, we are now uh, working within the schools in San Pedro, engaging the next generation, setting them on a course for success, breaking them down, giving them a family. You know, a lot of children and young people who go through these issues are really, uh, they're, they're doing it out of the fact that they, they want to have a family. They want to have community. They want discipline. They want parameters set in their life. It makes them feel safe. So really when we offer that, we offer that in a way that only comes through military training. I mean, we we have, you know, misery loves company, but at the same time, we're giving them dog tags. We're making them a part of our family. We're putting them through the grinder, but also we're encouraging them. And that's the great thing about elite teams is elite, the acronym stands for everyday living intentionally to encourage. There is a way to come across hard and discipline, uh, but at the same time, you take them aside and you say, this is why we're doing this, training with a purpose. We want to build something in you. We see something in you. And, uh, and that's really what produces incredible results. So we do this through obstacle course training, military discipline, stressful training scenarios. Everyone battles with difficult circumstances. Life offers many challenges. By relating these physical obstacles to various spiritual, emotional, and mental difficulties, we train recruits on how to overcome adversity and thrive in high-stress, difficult circumstances and real-world scenarios. 
not just being hearers and learners, but applying what is being taught and teaching others. And if anybody has lived in this world, you understand that we are faced daily with difficult decisions, internal battles, struggles, and it really is a testament of how the mind works and how the mind uh, compartmentalizes and how the mind deals with. And so if we can tap into that, we see that there is and are so many with potential that could be the generation that will change the world. I have a really good friend that uh, wrote a document for me. It's in our elite manual. Uh, it's our six-month process. We take young people through and, and at-risk and veterans uh, through. Uh, she wrote this forward, and I want to read an excerpt from this because it's really good. Uh, she is a psychologist, and she's a clinical psychologist, and she is incredibly intelligent. Uh, Post-traumatic growth, PTG, the theory was developed by Richard Tedeschi, PhD, and Lawrence Calhoun, PhD, in the mid-1990s. PTG, or post-traumatic growth, is a theory that aims to explain the type of personal transformation which occurs in people who endure physical struggle following adversity and see growth afterwards. PTG is not to be confused with resiliency. Resiliency is the ability to bounce back after a difficult experience and therefore does not always result in PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. PTG, on the other hand, refers to what can happen. When someone who is difficulty bouncing back experiences a traumatic event, such as uh, sexual abuse, such as trafficking, such as drug abuse, or, you know, name your poison. This challenges their core beliefs, endures physical, psychological struggle, and then ultimately finds a sense of personal growth. PTG is a process that takes a lot of energy, time, physical, emotional, spiritual hardship. Who gets to experience PTG, post-traumatic growth, and who doesn't? The truth is, we're still trying to figure this out, but research has pointed out a few reoccurring variables experienced by those with PTG. Calhoun and Tedeschi define these variables further. In doing so, they created what is called the post-traumatic growth inventory, or PTGI, which consists of five categories. Now, this comes from the Journal of Traumatic Stress, 1996. Number one, appreciation of life. Two, relationships with others. Three, new possibilities in life. Four, personal strength. Five, spiritual change. And I want to really relate that to what we're doing. And she related it so well. She, appreciation of life goes to our obstacle courses and how we train in our obstacle course training. Relationships with others, teamwork building, and how we emphasize teamwork building and the family and your brother or your sister behind you. The new possibilities in life. Number three, that's discipleship training, leading them down a road of discipleship. Number four, personal strength, extreme physical training. I love that one. I think that's my favorite out of all of them. And number five, spiritual change. And that comes from spiritual warfare training. Now, it, it all sounds well and good in theory. It all sounds good communicating it, but I want to take you a lot deeper into a story of what this looks like in a real world scenario. We have a young lady with the name of Madeline. Madeline came to us and she was a broken individual, lack of confidence, um, really had a tough time coping, dealing with, you know, she's faced abuse in her life. She's She's gone through it. We'll just say that. And we have this obstacle. Now, sidebar, she's been through training for a while. She's, she's trying to overcome, but there's still something that is holding on to her and she's not letting go of. So we get her up on this obstacle, and if you can envision with me, this obstacle is a—it's a essentially it's a tower, 
and there is a one inch guide wire going across the top and one on the bottom. And the objective is, it's a 25 foot span. The objective is, is to get up on this wire. It's about 20 feet in the air and grab on with your hands over your head with your feet firmly positioned on the wire. Now we train how to cross this, this obstacle. Uh, we don't just throw people up there and say, do it. We want to let them know. And we, we help them engage them. They're going through that learning process. And she gets up on the wire and she sees where she's at and she just breaks down. She starts to cry and she's really upset. And, you know, being the program that we want to encourage you through difficulties, we want to, to see you overcome. We see the potential knowing that Madeline has the potential. I start to push her and our team is pushing her. Now we have a team underneath They're They're called our, our rescue team in case something would happen. They're ready for her. If she would fall, uh, we do have the security in place. Uh, but she's in the, she's in right now, she's in a difficult situation. She does not know how to overcome. She, her mind is going, I'm going to fall. I don't know how to do this. I can't take a next step. And she starts to work it. She, she one, one step at a time, she's working her way across. She gets into the middle and has a breakdown. Now, if you get into the middle of two wires, they're going to start to move a little bit. You know, it starts to get difficult. and. Isn't that like life though? We get into circumstances where, you know, we view it as an impossibility. We take a step, we take a step and we feel like we're making progress. And then we get into the middle of said circumstance. And all of a sudden it seems like all heck breaks loose and there's no firm foundation. Where am I at? And, and you break down and you're physically broken, mentally broken. And you're going back to all of the persecutions you might've felt previously. Everything is flooding in on you. As a half an hour rolled around, it should take about five, seven minutes to cross this obstacle. Madeline is in the middle and she does not know what to do. And we're encouraging her. Long story short, she takes one step and then she moves her hand and then she takes another step. And before you know it, she's across. She gets down off of the obstacle and collapses in my arms. She's crying and, and I'm consoling her and we're talking through it. And I'm learning a lot about Madeline. I'm learning a lot about her past and she's opening up, you know, in that weakness and that humility, she was able to just let go of what she has been engaged in. And so what did I do as a leader? Well, I said, I want you to get back up on the obstacle. Reluctantly, she took a step and she kind of looked at me with a weird look in her eye. And I said, I want you to get back up on the obstacle. So she went around to the front, she climbed back up. And what do you think happened? Madeline went right across that obstacle. Five minutes, she was on the other side. But the really cool part is, listener, the really neat part is, is that the third time Madeline not only went across, but she led others. And it was really telling the powerful impact of shifting your perspective, persevering, concentrating on the small steps and not the bigger picture, allowing yourself, giving yourself the opportunity to be scared, to work through it, utilizing her circle of influence, being open to being spoken to by those you trust and engage and encourage. Sometimes saving face and protection for being vulnerable will destroy your pursuit. It will keep you in that area that you will potentially fail at. The story of Madeline is so powerful and so many others like these that I want to continue to engage you in and, and help you understand through this that there is always an opportunity to grow. There is always an opportunity to persevere. 
We just have to shift our perspective. You must shift your perspective and say, what can I learn in this situation? Even if it takes me back, it's still going to move me forward in the long run. My friends, it is time to stand. It is time to take yourself out of a specific category or demographic or label and concentrate on what will allow you to become the best version of yourself. And that, my friends, will take you becoming weak. It will take you becoming vulnerable and remaining humble and allow for change. My friend, you will find traction and ultimately be able to take that next step in the mountain that you're climbing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. That is why for Christ's sake that I delight in weaknesses, insults, difficulties, hardships, and persecutions. For when I am weak, I am strong. Also, it says, John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What you are enduring has a conclusion. Take what you're going through and learn from it. Remember, you cannot gain endurance or strength without resistance. Elite Teams is redefining overcoming through community empowerment, engagement, and the next generation. Our nonprofit is on a mission to cultivate leadership, teamwork, and personal growth in at-risk youth and veterans. Through dynamic mentorship, skill-building workshops, real-world experiences, we're shaping the next generation of leaders. The mission is far from over. Join us in fostering a future where every young mind thrives, every voice is heard, every team triumphs, or at least they're given the opportunity. Together, we're not just changing lives, we're shaping a legacy of the next generation. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to become a subscriber to the Elite Teams podcast. Also, visit our website at EliteTeams.net. Your support means we can continue to impact the next generation. This is the Elite Teams podcast.